we need a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase. Okay, it's you got it one. this time? Yep, yep I, I do. Yep. Talking about comics every day. It's a very simple, you know. Yeah, but uh, we only talk about comics once a week. It's, our podcast is only comes out once a week, so. But they could listen to us every day. So like That is like true, a, but. It's like an everyday situation. That's true, but it's still like not, it's still like false advertising. I, don't want to lie I feel to like false advertising is the way to advertise these days, though. Like, like if you want to be successful, you should just throw yourself out there as like something you're not. Okay, so I guarantee. Then why isn't our catchphrase simply "You listen to our podcast, you will you will uh, become a multimillionaire within two days." But see, that is somebody else's catchphrase. There's lots of get rich quick podcasts out there, or like investing podcasts, like the only way to make a million dollars. You know. We could use that. We could use that for ours. Dumb but I'm just saying that, like, the only way crazy. to make a million dollars. <laughs> I say, look, if you want to go crazy, then let's just like just go all in. I mean, go all in, super crazy. Okay. Uh, you want to get super crazy? Yeah, like listen to our podcast and you become immortal. Can't die. Let's get super crazy, Eric. Let's get. Let's really rock out and and go wild. Okay. <laughs> That's what I you sound very... like. You sound... <laughs> Nobody's ever been like, let's get crazy in like such a like deadpan. Let's get crazy then. <laughs> let's get crazy. We'll go uh, bonkers to the walls. And you're still like whispering. <laughs> I've been listening. I'm doing the ASMR for the podcast. The oh, ASMR. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Here. <laughs> let's get crazy. <laughs> oh my god hey, hey 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 uh what's your name officially this is our worst intro ever yes. yeah, i don't officially. think we we haven't topped we haven't gotten the asmr before <laughs> yeah i know this is a this is definitely a new low point for us yeah uh hey what's your name uh keegan shiner what's my name uh rudolph the no. winkler no what's my name eric schwartz <laughs> and what are we doing podcasting Pretty terribly, I think. <laughs> that is pretty terribly. In the worst way possible. I'm just thankful our guest hasn't left yet because we can still see him there. But he's probably gone already in spirits. Just still <laughs> yeah. there. You know why we're doing so bad? It's because like you have these lights in your background that are just like they're they're hypnotizing me. I, I really? Know. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That in your real room or is that a background for I'm Zoom? In the, I'm in the space station until we. Uh, uh, <laughs> Until we confirm that the, that the campaign has ended and the funds are in the bank. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm abducted by uh, Duty's father. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> what else are we supposed to do here for the intro? Oh, we're supposed to introduce let's, our name. To, for our, God's our... sakes, let's end this intro. <laughs> uh, what's our name together? Uh, I'm I'm blanking. What is the it? The dumb dumb concrete. Yeah. Yes. Of course. That's okay. also the name of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure um, everybody listening knew that because they had to bring it up on their phone or computer. Yeah. Click and the click video. on it. Yep. And it had a name on it. Mm-hmm. And most people using computers can read. I think. Do you think illiterate Maybe. people can use computers? I'd hope. Really? Yeah. My nephew, who was four, because they lose the computer because they get the computer to read to him all the time. Like he would, the like, computer like, reads to Well, no, because like you highlight text and you say you click a button and it reads it out loud. It reads it. Oh, like the yeah for the hearing impaired people. Yeah. Yeah. So I the blind, like, right? So okay. that's how he find like the YouTube videos. He wanted to keep click and hold it, and they would tell him. That's smart. That's mm-hmm. cool. I'm watching Oz. Samuel, have you ever seen Oz? I don't know. HBO, have you guys seen HBO uh, yeah the hbo yeah. Sh- yeah. yeah 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 there's a guy who can't read in that show there's yeah. more than one i think and they teach him how to read it's very uh what a weird plot that is it's a, anyway. such an uplifting <laughs> show full of positive messages <laughs> yeah. yeah okay uh so who's our who's our guest eric uh our guest is samuel he is the author of there's an alien in my toilets, um, along with a fair amount of others. He is a fantastic artist. Uh, his just uh, as of recording this, he is $20 above his goal in his Kickstarter. Doesn't mean don't stop. Keep on helping him out. He needs it. Doesn't, he doesn't need it, but he deserves it. So 
if you're listening, uh, please go ahead and donate to him $150. That's the average donation that you're supposed to give because you're a great person to do it. <laughs> and um, he has also done numerous, numerous other works as well, including his own simply just large amount of stuff as well. Okay. So uh, uh, did I miss anything? No, I mean, you just plugged I, I everything that to for Samuel. Him. Did I miss yeah. anything? Did I miss uh, no. anything? No, you're doing okay. Good. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Yes. No fault. Thanks for having me. You're friends with Jorge. We just, we mentioned this before, but yes. uh, Jorge Medina, he came on and talked about Wonder Duck. Yes. That launched yeah. in May. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and he was unimpressed with us. Uh, he was, <laughs> he was, he, he thought we were garbage. So, uh, <laughs> but he was at least honest about it. So that was kind of nice. He's wow. like, you guys are doing this wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No. He's like, you know, you just spent 30 minutes of my time. I want it back. And we're like, I'm sorry. We can only do we can only do so much. Yeah. Because you guys run you run your own podcast, right? Yes, uh yes, catch the craze. Cool, cool. How's that going? Is that uh it's going good? Yeah. Um, yeah, we can't, we relaunched it. Um because uh we started it in 06 and then uh I I left comics and podcasting about oh, late 08. Uh, for okay. over a decade, for over about a decade, and then in 2019, um, we relaunched it. So we're about to celebrate episode 400. Oh, cool! Oh, wow, that's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah, so what well. brought you back into comics and podcasting? Um, you know, when when I left comics, it was you know, it, it was because of a lot of um, setbacks, and so I just I needed to break away from everything and reset and figure out what I needed wanted to do, and um, so after about 10 years, you know. And life leveled off and everything was fine again. And, um, um, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, look, I don't want to be on a porch in 20 years on a rocking chair, looking back and saying what, what, you know, what could have happened? I need to, I want to finish my stories and know, you know, I want to see what I can do with it. Um, and you know, and, uh, so she, you know, she gave me the, uh, Adrian speech that she gave Rocky and she said, go for it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, then, uh, George and I met, I said, Hey George, I'm bringing the podcast back. You want to come back? He said, definitely. Cause we haven't spoken in 10 years. And, um, so I was like, yeah, definitely. And, um, and then we started there and then I went on social media and I just wrote, Hey, I'm coming back into comics. And, um, Mark Torres, who has a radio show called that came from the radio, invited me to the station in Long Island to make a formal announcement on the radio show. So I was oh, like, cool. all right, cool. So that was, wow. uh, and that was in 2019. And then um, just right after COVID hit, <laughs> it made things a little complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm sure you're like, I can't wait to get back to the conventions, show my stuff, go through the artwork, bring back everything. And then, bam. No, Nothing. no one was yep. doing it, not just you. Yeah, it was like, what the? Yeah, great timing, Sam. Great timing. <laughs> what, um, how, how many, how often do you guys record? What's your? Uh, we have a show every day, five oh, days a week. Cool. Five days a week. Oh wow! Yeah, so on Mondays I do a show myself. It's called the Crazy Ten or Less, and basically I take a topic that usually the, the the our listeners give us, and whether it's on licensing, whether it's on how to make your your, your um, how to make money in, in Artist Alley, whatever it is, I'll do a ten minute segment on that, and then um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays we interview. Um, independents who are running crowdfunding we do live we, we go live so we live stream with them um, to support their crowdfunding and then on nice. thursday mornings at 9 a.m we have the morning brew with the crazy crew and where george and i um we take questions from the audience but we also deep dive into that 10 minute segment that i did on monday so um you know we'll go and really go into detail on those subjects and then on friday those are pre-recorded shows with with guests and uh, where it's just focused on the guests uh, and their journey. Um, yeah. So then there's also a show called Watts in a box, but it's on pause um, while I do this, while I run the campaign. Oh, cool. Um, and, okay. uh, and Watts in a box will air on Friday, Saturdays. And that's basically me doing a live read of comics that are sent to me by independent creators. You like read their comics on the, on Very the true. show. Oh, wow. <laughs> I argue with, I argue with the characters you know, I question their motives, you know, so yeah, it's a little, it's a, a little over the top. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's the Roger Ebert of comics, but doing it live. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's interesting. What about, um, what, what do you mean by pre-recorded uh, guest show? I'm just wondering. So, so we yeah. basically we'll have guests lined up um, and they'll probably be interviewed like a month out 
and then line oh, up. okay so, okay so in the the pipeline on youtube they're already there ready to uh, and they just launch on the day of so every oh, cool. friday okay. there's a new yeah. episode that's already it was pre you know the interview was yeah. done oh that's great yeah. yeah and and uh do you edit that stuff too do no. you do no okay yeah we you know we do it um I, you know because i have all the tools at my disposal and uh so we record it live and we do all this you know so if if they uh flub it lives in infamy ah okay <laughs> cool cool that's funny um cool and do you guys talk to comic creators is that mostly your podcast i think george yes. said that it was also other artists sometimes it would, it would we speak to every if you're an independent creator in oh, cool. Okay. Whether okay. It's, we spoke, we've had puppeteers, we've had musicians, we've had actors. Um, so anybody who is independently um, trying to grow their business, we have on the show. We've had marketing um, people in marketing. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. We 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 narrow it down. We only do comic people. So so two separate shows uh, for everyone who's listening. You can still like their show and our show. Definitely. Definitely. Just say we, we don't have to beef, you know. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Did your show morph over time into what it is? Because obviously you've got all these different aspects of it, or was it something that you kind of had pre-planned? Because you said you came back, you're like, I want to do this, 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 and this, or was it kind of like, let's go with this and we'll kind of go from there? Or no, how it was it always kinda... that way. Um, when we when I launched Cast of Craze um, in, in 05, I went to a pod camp, and it was at the New Yorker Hotel, um, and that was basically they were trying to tell everybody that the next craze is going to be podcasting right and mm -hmm. so at that time there was only two podcasters was comic geek speak and i fanboy and okay. um but they were covering mainstream and there was nobody covering the independent guys so cool. i i interviewed everybody at the pod camp all the speakers and then i went directly to sam ash i got my mixers i got my mics i went home i called the guys and said we're going to be podcasters we're called cast a craze and now we need to get guests. And then so, and uh, and I didn't care if you were just a creative, no matter what you were doing, I wanted you. I mean, we had um, back then, we even had Neil Nad Neil Adams on the show. We had um, LaShawn Thomas of Boondocks. Um, you know, we've had, you know, Michael Loming. We, you know, we had a lot of different people. And um, my whole goal was just to give a platform for the guy that wouldn't normally get that exposure. Yeah. Um, and I was like, mm -hmm. who better than the guys who are in the same boat, you know, to, to support those guys. So I said, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah. That, I feel that <laughs> I totally <laughs> understand that. that I understand it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We feel the same way. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we had somebody who only draws one picture of George Costanza over and over. <laughs> uh, yeah. The that, same picture too. That was Not his like... whole, that's his whole thing. Wow. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to draw, apparently, too. So yeah, it's a good well, episode. He, Everyone listened to that one. Anyway, yeah, you know. he want people like to listen to that stuff, or people wanted to kind of learn about him. He just wanted to get better as an artist, and that's what he did. So interesting guy to talk to, interesting person, interesting concepts. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's almost conceptual art, almost, <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> and he makes money from it. Uh, no, no, okay. yeah. no, he has a day job. Um, no, no, no. He yeah. was so he wanted to create his own comic, but he didn't know that like he didn't know the resources of like how to find an artist because he's got this story in his head and he's got it written out, but he didn't know how to like do it. So he's like, I bet I'm gonna have to draw it myself. And so that was his way to teach himself how to draw. So then eventually he'd draw the comic. Uh -huh. So and so we threw we actually said we gave him some recommendations of places to go off camera, but um, and so hopefully soon he'll have a comic out and maybe even be on catch the craze talking to you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to take this guy. <laughs> I don't think they're going to take well, if he comes, daily if he, George Costanza. Well, no, because if he comes back at that point, it's like, well, I've got this comic out that I want to talk about that. Like I, like I hired the artist, I got everything out yeah. at that point. I assume he would. honestly, I, every time um, somebody reaches out, like I, I, I'm dying for them to be terrible. Uh, we've never had a terrible guest. We just, everyone is like, is decent, you know, like, mm -hmm. like they love, they're passionate, I guess. And they love I'm, talking about what they're doing and, and like, even, some, yeah, we've had some that had, uh, for some reason, got stage fright and it was like pulling teeth. 
Oh no. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. like, and I'm like, hello. You know, it was, uh, you know, I'm like, I don't know how to get it out. Uh, so I don't know if they got nervous once the camera went on, it was just like, Whoa, what happened here? And then we have some that are so animated that we just ask one question and sit back and eat popcorn because they just run with it. Ah, uh, yeah. And then make sure you know when I was gone we've, by, we've had was, that. We, only, we only ask one question. <laughs> <laughs> we, no, How does that make you feel when that happens? Said, we said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had that too. We said like, huh? We've had that too where we're like, we like your work. It's like, oh, thank you. And just like kind of just went off and like all of a sudden yes. hours over. It's like. And he's like, all right, that was an hour. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to ask all our questions. You just Russell, really like your work. Oh, yes. Some of those, they make it uh, just fun. You just sit back and like, all right, uh, he just answered that question. All right, he just answered that question. All right, he just answered. I don't need to ask anything else. <laughs> yeah. So great. So you're an uh, comic book artist um, as well as writer. Yes. Okay, cool. And so you did the art and writing for there's an alien in my toilet. Yes. Okay, cool. And is this a update from uh, the book that came out before? This is a uh, remastering of it. So basically, it okay, was cool. it was recolored and relettered. Um, because when I produced it back in 05, um, you know, we were still um, what behind the ears and so um george was the letterer back then and he's still a letterer now for it which is fantastic um, oh, and cool. george has george has significantly um improved his game um and you know he's like one of the best letterers now and uh so you know we both agreed that you know we needed to um bring it up to today's times and then i just had a young lady who um, does the interiors for most of my books redo it because back then uh, we were the ones who colored it and uh it just wasn't up to today's standard as far as the coloring style for what I wanted for the look. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because the coloring looks great now. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's Barbara Sorogi. She's in Brazil. She's fantastic. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, so tell us about There's an Alien in My Toilet. It's a catchy title. Yeah, His name is sure. Duty. His name okay. is Duty. He's from the planet Uranus. And he is tasked. <laughs> he is tasked with coming to Earth on a secret mission to determine where, if we're a threat to his homeworld. At least that's what he thinks, and he thinks he's the only one capable of handling such a sensitive mission. Well, in reality, General Goatee, who is responsible for babysitting Duty, because General Goatee's father happens to be the Emperor of Uranus, who also happens to be Duty's dad. Um, I mean, General Goatee's boss. And so, um, uh, so. He says, you know, I have to get him out of my hands for a little bit. I need to arrest his kids obnoxious. So he sends him on a fool's errand to Earth. But he makes it believe, like, you know, we need you. Um, you're the other one capable and, and duty, you know, in his arrogance and haste. He heads off to Earth. And he and then halfway there, he realizes he, he forgot to refuel. So he crash lands. And instead of admitting his mistake, he chalks it up as part of his plan to distract um, Earth's defenses and... Uh, you know, proceed with his plans. Now he must survive Earth's simple creatures um, like like wolves and woodpeckers. And then he eventually gets into a house where there's a father and son and there's a chihuahua named Herman who believes that duty is a talking jalapeno and he's trying to get him. And uh, <laughs> so that's where the, the actual adventure begins. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, as we just said, you, you, uh, uh, you unofficially have had a successful Kickstarter. You have met your goal. Um, to, uh, hopefully, by the time this comes out, you'll have your successful Kickstarter, and you can leave your spaceship, go say hi to your wife again. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she misses you. Um, yes. And then go back to. Um, are you planning on just for now remastering stuff, or do you plan on eventually taking the story further elsewhere as well? Well, no. This is um, it's a ten part miniseries. Um, um, mm -hmm. They will, you know, I plan on launching every issue on on Kickstarter. It's also um, a part of a, uh, there's a trading card game um, that's connected to the series. And you, you in this campaign, you get volume one of the trading card set and the guidebook to the characters. Um, so yeah, so um, the punchline is in issue 10. Once the series is, once that mini series is ended, it now kicks off into an ongoing series called Duty. And basically in that space, Duty's second coming to earth where intelligence has tells him that santa is the leader of earth and he has to infiltrate santa's camp and take him out and get past his defenses of the snowmen and the elves and all that stuff 
Um, so, uh, and then there's also plans for a one shot for Herman, the Chihuahua. It's called Coming to America. And the cover is basically him sitting in a jacuzzi like Scarface. Um, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, he has, instead of a cigar, he has a, bis a, a dog biscuit in his hand. And um, uh, basically, it's his story of how he survived the puppy mill and how he survived being taken from Mexico, brought to the U.S., and how he eventually got uh, rescued and um, adopted into the home that he is in now. And that's how, and, and it'll, it'll end at the point where Duty enters the house. <laughs> Nice. This is very detailed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, it's for, it's a, it's, it's an all encompassing, um, um, uh, kid, uh, kid friendly, all family, um, brand. So basically the adults can enjoy it and laugh and the kids can, um, um, hopefully fall in love with the characters like we did with Marvin, the Martian and Invader Zim and, um, uh, and uh, every issue has four pages of trivia, uh, puzzles, oh, cool. um, activities, um, and uh, critical thinking questions tied to the story and tied to science. And it basically, duty, you know, duty encourages learning. And uh, when I was a kid, I was introduced to Archie Comics by my mom. And um, and from that point on, as I got older, I you know got into GI Joe comics and you know Sergeant Rock, then X Men. Um, I want this to be the same way, you know, have adults feel comfortable with introducing this to the kids um, mm -hmm. so that they know that it's fun and friendly, but there's also an educational twist to it. And then hopefully as they grow up, they move on to um, that next generation of comic collectors uh, because there's so many things that are taking everyone away from comics. I'm trying to help bring um, the next generation back into comics. Interesting. How did you, um, like from, uh, starting the concept for the story, did you plan it from the beginning to be for kids, sort of? Or, yes. Or not yeah. for kids, but like kid friendly? Yes. Yeah. When, yeah um, I've always been, um, I love like Fraggle Rock, The Never Ending mm -hmm. Story, you know, yeah. The Dark Crystal, all things Star Wars, you know. So for, so for me, um, and I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons. And so um, I just feel like, you know, when I grew up, I grew up at a time where most of our time was outside, right? Yeah. We watched, we watched cartoons, then we went outside, and we went on adventures. I mean, my, if my mom only knew half the stuff I got myself into. But it was, um, and now everyone's tied to their gadgets or gaming or, you know, it's, it's, it's not as, you don't see it as much. And so um, when Duty introduced himself to me, and he said, hi, I'm Duty from Uranus, I knew from that point on that this was going to be an all ages um, um, brand for me and that I wanted to um, be able to answer as, because my goal is to get this into the household and make it a lifestyle brand um, like you had with the peanuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm trying to, and you can see trickles of it on the campaign. I'm trying to answer all the questions by the time I get to that pitch room and I'm pitching it to the decision makers um, yeah. to be able to say, here it all is. Here's a plush. Here's the, the figures. Here's an animated trailer. You know, here's the comic. Here's the kids book, the coloring book, the guidebook, the trading card game. You know, it's I'm trying to bring all of it. So that way, when it's there, it's just someone says, all right, now we got to figure out how to market this. Ah, it's it. interesting, but why not call it 2D <laughs> from Uranus? <laughs> is it true that you uh, originally came up with the artwork on a napkin? Yes. So what happened was. Duty came to me when I was driving through the Lincoln Tunnel in New Jersey. And it's, he just said, hi, I'm Duty from Uranus. And I was like, oh. So I met George and my buddies at IHOP. And I was like, I got it. There's a nail in my toilet. His name is Duty. He's from Uranus. They just thought I was crazy. They said, oh, you're the nuttiest person we ever met. He says, you got a good comic in Cosmic Wars. Why are you trying to waste your time with this? And I'm like, and uh, I started drawing on the table napkin. And um, uh hit the first rendition duty said no that don't look like that so i had to draw it over until duty approved it and then so i'm like all right so you know he's been guiding me every step of the way with this um but uh yes i knew uh, and and he this is the only time that when i create the comic the dialogue comes after i illustrate the page ah okay everything i've done before i wrote the script i wrote the bio the character timelines everything and um and in the script, I write it the DC way, where I, I describe every scene, and so and it helps me when I'm illustrating and I'm directing myself. This is the only one where um, 
I don't even draw until I feel I feel the connection and I just start illustrating and the dialogue just comes. So when I send it to George, he has my chicken scratch notes of the dialogue and he has to put it on in word balloon. So um, when we were talking, when I was bringing it back, he goes, send me the script. I said, remember, there's no script. <laughs> I said, there's notes. Uh, the dialogue yeah, is already yeah. written, it's handwritten. Um, so this is the only project that I've ever done that um, it's, uh, I guess the word is freestyle. It was just like, that's interesting. That's interesting. Cause so like, so duties like kind of improving where the story's going yeah. in a way, not, it would not, not saying that like, no, he's not like, this is the storyline. This is, we're going to do it. We're going to put and fit it in there. This is, this is where Dewey's starting. Let's, he's going to tell me where we're going to go from here. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, um, I have a treatment. So, um, and basically it's all 10 issues plotted. Mm-hmm. But when I write, when I draw, I draw first and then the dialogue comes. So it's just, I know that um, issue one, this happens, issue two, this happens, issue three, this happens, but I don't have the, the, the page layouts or thumbnails until I start drawing it. Is there a lot of physical comedy to yes. this? Yeah, okay. So that, that makes sense. If you're, if you're kind of following more the action um, and then like kind of filling in what he says about it at later, is that sort yes. of like a, a cartoon, right? Like, a, yes. like Looney Tunes. You don't need, you can watch those on mute anytime, you know, you don't, right. they don't need sounds even, you know, um, right. cause they're just like, I mean, so interesting to see like the different visual gags. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I, I huh? on a previous interviews of yours, they, it was described as Wiley e. Coyote meets the Roadrunner meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles without a shell. Is that like a good accurate <laughs> description of him? Uh, yes, he is. Um, he is um, wacky and zany and just full of life. Yes. So he eventually gets home. Um, it'll be, you know, it, oh, okay. or maybe, in, maybe in not. Issue 10, in issue 10, um, something happens that uh, will end his journey on Earth. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, he is. Co- he comes back, so I assume at one point back. he has to leave. Yes. yes. Oh, I to, see. Okay. To, to fight Santa Claus, <laughs> or not fight Santa Claus, to deal with Santa Claus, the leader yes. of Earth. Yes. That was a weird question. I I'm, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to like ask what the. Ending I didn't is. want to give the details of how or what happens, yeah. but no, there's no. There's, there's an event that happens that uh, unfortunately Dewey uh, won't have a choice. I was thinking of like ET, I guess, when I was asking that. Well, yes. Well, Duty is not trying to go home. There's okay. Thing. Okay. ET, okay. ET was always trying to get home. Um, Duty is trying to uh, accomplish his mission. Um, okay. And um, no matter how many times he fails, <laughs> he's, he's he's stubborn enough to continue to try. Because Duty, what happens is he has an active imagination. In reality, he's always getting, um, he's always falling, hitting his head, getting knocked out. And, and when he does, in his dream state, he conjures up this superior being, whether it's a samurai or uh, a sheriff or, you know, um, a military uh, officer, and he makes his enemy, whether it was the ants or a squirrel, into the <laughs> opponent in that scene. Okay. In his okay. And he, he defeats them in his dream state, but when he wakes up, the opposite's happening. I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's really funny. So that's why on the campaign, you'll see all the different versions of duty um, because within each uh, episode, um, he conjures up this other being. Oh, cool. So he's the ultimate cosplayer. Yeah, that's fun. That's really fun for the kids. How did you come up with the trivia and um, and like the, the games at the end? Well, I wanted something to, well, I used to volunteer my time at the uh, Y for the summers and I would teach kids how to draw. And one of the things that I noticed that would grab their attention is stuff that, um, um, that they could all participate in. And so I tested them with, they were my basic, my trust test audience. And I used oh, cool. them as, as, as my, uh, uh, my data mining. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, so this works with them. I need to incorporate this in my book. And that's how that's how I wanted to make sure that every book had some sort of educational aspect to it, you know. Because what happens is, people see the title and they automatically assume it's going to be very scatological. It's going to be you know obscene. It's not. It's um the the title 
is tied to the punchline, which is issue 10. So you're not going to understand its relevance until issue 10. So um, throughout the entire series, it's basically duty surviving, even though he thinks that he is conquering, right? And, okay. um, and it's just fun. Um, so I wanted, you know, I wanted the adult to be able to pick it up, read it and laugh and then pass it off to the mm -hmm. youngin and say, yeah, you need to read this too. And then even at dinner, after dinner, the family get together and do the word puzzles or, you know, the maze, like there's a maze where you have to get to, um, get the, um, the uranium chips that you do needs to fuel his UFO. Um, and, uh, then there's, oh, in the first issue, there is a glossary of terms because duty uses, you know, uh, uh, an extended vocabulary. And sometimes the kids might not understand what that is. So we, I added that at the end of the book as well. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's smart. That's so smart. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, do like, so not to get into spoiler territory, do people realize he's an alien? Cause obviously the, the Chihuahua does not think he's an alien, but do like, cause you said there's a father and son. They think there's something in the house. They don't know what it is yet. Okay. So oh, there's a that's... lot of different organizations involved. There's an organization called No Boo For You, Catching Ghosts Is What We Do, because the father thinks the house is haunted at first, so he hires the Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> and so, and then, um, then there's another organization called WANA, We Are Not Alone Incorporated. You know, they are hired because the ghost said this house is not haunted, there's nothing wrong with it. Now another, you know, so mm -hmm. it's a series of things. Then there's um, Agent Doe, who works for a black ops uh, government agency who's tracking down where this UFO crash landed and they're tracing its steps. Eventually they're going to lead to the house. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of characters in this, in this series. That's awesome. Have you run Kickstarters before? Yes, I, I ran, uh, my first Kickstarter was two years when I came back to comic. Um, okay. Uh, Cast the Crazies, which is basically um, a story that's loosely based on George and I, our story um, okay. as independent comic creators and podcasters and how we started out and then I left and he stood in comics and then we got back together. And when we started out in podcasting, we were actually really successful. And then coming back, we were not as successful as we was before. And so I go off into the forest and I shout out to the universe, help me be the best podcast in the universe. And the universe answers in the form of the crazy man. He's this Afro bell bottom wearing <laughs> platform shoes, um, hippie from another universe who brings the crazies with him. And they start bopping people over the heads with microphones. And now they're addicted to our show and they're walking around like zombies and we're getting millions of subscribers. Society's walking around like zombies. And now we're under investigation because they think we have something to do with it. So we have to now try to catch the crazies and stop the madness. <laughs> so yeah, we, we launched the first three issues on, on uh, Kickstarter successfully. That's awesome. That's really funny. Uh, cool. So what, is it like a lot of stress getting these off the ground <laughs> yes. or is it, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, uh, it's, uh, I get gray hairs for every campaign. Okay. Um, uh, yes. You know, because so, what happens is, you know, we, you, you, when you're not, when you're gone for so long and you have to try to rebrand yourself and, and, and find your place in now an overly saturated arena, um, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it requires a lot of time and effort. Um, and uh, because now you just won every million. And so how do you, you know, swim to the surface and get seen um, during that time? So it just, it requires just this campaign alone. Um, I have a folder of uh, graphics. There are 95 graphics of just promoting this campaign that I post daily on 12 different social media platforms. <laughs> just wow. To, yes. Wow. Just to, uh, just to get to goal. <laughs> right. You know? Which yes. you did. So yes. it worked. Yeah, yes. it totally worked. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just really yeah. fast. I mean, you still have nine days left. So yes. Yeah. Nine days left. Yes. I wanted to ask like the different um, perks, right? What are they called? They're like called the tears. Yeah, the tiers. Um, like, how many different thing add-ons did you create? Like, <laughs> for I, I have a lot of add-ons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you can get like shoppers remorse. Um, yeah, so I have <laughs> I have tons of add-ons. <laughs> George is like, Yo, Sam, did you went you go crazy? I was like, I couldn't stop myself. Um, so I was so excited for this campaign, and there's so much to offer with this name on my toilet. So yeah, there there's the basic tiers, then the, the add-ons. I think I don't even I forgot I lost count. Maybe about twenty add-ons. So there's like covers, right? 
yeah, so covers. There's, var there's variant covers. So you have the standard cover, which is the blue cover with Duty Underwater, and that was illustrated by George. Actually, and George gave up illustration. Um, so it's rare to get a, a piece by George. And so then the cover D is the was done by uh, an artist named Masiek Empro from Poland. And then cool. the rest of them were done by me. So the Rambo cover, because this issue is, you know, first flush. So you have to have an homage to first blood. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, so I did that. <laughs> and then Matrix. Um, I just I'm a big fan of Matrix. I wanted that cover. And then the then there's the homage to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number 30. Um, and that one comes that's limited to 100 copies. And that comes with a certificate of authenticity. It's numbered and signed. Um, then there's a sketch cover. Nice. So you can get the sketch cover plain or you can get it with a uh, commission sketch by me. Um, then there's, you know, there's the guidebook. <laughs> wait, wait, what's plain? What does plain mean? I'm you know, just wondering. Just like plain white. Um, just oh, like plain, plain white. white. Just without, cover. without the so, sketch cover. So the point is you buy, you buy that and then you meet Samuel. And, and then I draw on it? Or no, he draws on it still. He draws okay. on it. And you okay. can pay for him to do it. or <laughs> you can... oh, Some people, some artists buy it and they just do their own illustration on it. Um, oh, okay. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was always, I worked at a comic book store. I was always taught that <laughs> you don't, do it yourself you hire you go meet the artists yes or that's the way you're supposed to but i had somebody them. buy it by a, a bunch of them because they wanted to draw their own covers on them um yeah, so. like i ran out of paper and i'm trying to take <laughs> notes for class could i uh, buy a couple of copies of your comic uh, yeah. yes i'm buying uh, another yeah, so uh, then, um, okay. yes okay you have um then you can get the digital copy you know and uh, there's also a digital bundle there's uh, a trading card Yes. Set. That, okay. That's part of the game. Um, the, the the board game and the rule book will be out next year. And so this is volume one in a series of cards. Okay. So the cards go with the game that hasn't come out yet, right? Right. Is that so okay? Every campaign. Okay. So every campaign for every issue, there's going to be another volume of cards. And then um, at the end, um, once the 10th campaign is done, the following campaign is just going to be for the, the entire board game. So the board game, the dice, the game play rules, all that stuff, there'll be a separate campaign just for that. Have you created that already? I, it, that's I'm, I'm almost done with it. You're working on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. why, yeah, yeah, so it takes a lot of time. Um, Did you have to learn game theory and everything? Yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's an undertaking. But um, yeah, so it's a uh, but there's a you know basic fundamentals. There's a fuel level. There's a power level. There's a there's a question, um, a trivia question, and there's you know um, specifically how each card will fare against another card. Um, so I'm working on the, the the board and the gameplay rules. But you can you can start early with the first volume one. That's Generation One card and the guidebook to the characters in Duty's World, um, Volume One, because this is a lot of characters. Oh, cool. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. What else? Yeah, I'm trying to see. Um, a pinup. You have pinups, right? Yes, I have a pinup. Yeah. Ca custom canvas or wood art? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I do really well at the conventions with those. And so basically, you want something to hang on your wall, you can get a, a custom canvas art of duty or, or wood art, and uh, you just pop it right on your wall. Um, and uh, so I usually do them a lot at the convention, so I brought them over to the campaign. So wood art is like uh, you, carved, you carved a piece of wood into no, it's a wood. Shit. It's a wood, okay. uh, it's a wood frame. Um, it's a solid piece of wood that has okay. a rivet where you can hang. And yeah. I just basically I'll illustrate on the, the base of the wood. Cool. Sorry to ask dumb questions. But... <laughs> no problem. Uh, Has yeah. it been a learning experience like going through Kickstarter just because we've seen people that like seem to really know Kickstarter and people like you obviously know what you're doing Kickstarter, but like other people that like clearly like you go through and you're like, this is not this person's clearly struggling with how to do a Kickstarter. I, yeah, it, it was a learning. I mean, we've been fortunate that from the first one we did, uh, we've been, each campaign was successful. Um, we haven't, see, for me, uh, it was more about, I'm more concerned about getting the number of people to read the book. So I'm always looking for the number of backers versus the dollar value. Um, you know, while we always made the goal, I, I'm always trying to increase the backer count. 
Um, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, I mean, even now, like there's 130 people that are watching the campaign that I haven't actually pledged. So I'm, 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 I'm hoping that you know they're waiting for the last two days because most people don't want to pledge until the last day when when their credit card is charged immediately. Because with Kickstarter, you're not really charged until it closes. So, and some people don't want to do that, so they wait to the last day. Um, so I'm hoping that those 130 are waiting to the last day. Uh, so that's because there's no way for us to communicate with that that population. Only Kickstarter can. They communicate uh, with them at the when it launches. They communicate it to them 48 hours before it ends, mm -hmm. and then the last hour. Um, so we're at the mercy of Kickstarter to communicate to that population. So that's the part where, like, uh, you know. Um, you signed up. Why can't you pledge? You know, so that's one of the things that you know. What I'm glad about is that more people are signing up every day, um, and so it just it it's a as a positive outlook. But yeah, it, I don't have the science behind this. Um, you know, we are moderately successful with it. We're not, you know, um, we're not masters of this universe yet. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh I had one, one, I guess I wanted to ask about the, the tangible figures and how are you creating those in the lab? Like, um, or, or where, you know, who are you ordering those from? Oh, if no, I can I ask, ha I had it, I had it manufactured in, uh, overseas, but this is, I custom paint them. So this is one of the, this nice. the figure I was working on today, custom painting. Um, that's great. So, yeah. So this is one, that figure. So what you see, you see it there plain, but. So that you can get it plain or you can get it custom painted by me. Um, so, and every campaign is going to have a different version of duty. Like the next one's going to be the Ronin duty. Um, oh, cool. Uh, cool, yeah, cool, cool. I'm hoping that one day maybe I can be as lucky to get McFarlane to do my toys. <laughs> did you do, did you do 3D? Uh, did you do the 3D model or did, did you hire somebody for that too? Oh, I illustrated the character all sides. So if you look at the the page, you'll see in miniature the the, the illustration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. I actually illustrated all four sides of the character because okay. that's that's actually straight out of the book. So that military right. duty straight out of the book. And um, okay. And then uh, I wanted to start with that one first, and then um, then the the next because everyone, I know that if I did the Ronin one, everyone would be excited. So I want to wait for the next one. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. And then the plush, the same thing, like kind of uh, sent out for it. Yes, I said that one came from, um, had it manufactured in India. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that's this guy right here. That's so awesome. Yeah. I wish all of our, you know, guests had plush. <laughs> You're the second person that's had a plush uh, character. Other, other characters I just think that's so them. cool. You spend so much time with these characters uh, yeah. when you're making them. that It's like kind of nice to have them physically in the room. Absolutely. You know? And one of the things, the reason why I'm also doing it, because I have a, a different motive. Um, it's, you know, my goal is to s get into a pitch room and pitch my my brand to uh, uh, a company that's able to help take it to a level that I can't. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, have you read up on like, uh, do you, sorry, for our listeners who might be thinking about doing something like this, do you have any sources of, of like where you've researched this sort of thing or um, are you just doing your best, some, you know? No, yeah. I, I think, I think the biggest thing is um, YouTube has been a great, great tool because there are a lot of people who are doing it and doing it well, that you can just join their live streams, ask them questions, reach out to them, connect with them, you know, and um, um, there's just a lot of people out there. And then a lot of it is just, I spend three hours uh, a, a day mm -hmm. just research. Yeah. Three hours a day. Wow. I, I have, I, I research prices, manufacturers. I research, you know, um, the next um, uh, apps that are going to, they're going to, they're going to help me with what I need to do, you know, and um, I spend a lot of time trying to understand and manipulate that, whether it's a software or whatever it is, so I can be, be, proficient in it. Um, I think you need to spend at least that much time in it. whatever you plan on doing, you need to become a master of it. And the only way to do that is be, by becoming a, a really good student, yep. you know? And uh, so I'm a sponge and, um, you know, there's, I learn every day and sometimes I'm just scrolling on social media. I'll see somebody promoting something. I'm like, oh, so I'll go directly to that page and I'll look and I'm like, 
then I'll DM them and say, hey, you know, this is fantastic, blah, 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 you know, and I'll engage them. And, I, and that's how I'm able to grow and learn about something. I said, I didn't think of that. Where did that come from? Yeah. You know, oh, so the information's out there. You just have to go out there and find it. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. Eric? Um, thank you so much. I think that's kind of coming to a natural end. Yeah. So, Do you have any questions for us? You're, you know, you ask questions a lot too. Um, we don't want to be rude. Yeah. No, you... no, 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 I think I, no, thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, and this is, this is, I see it on Twitch. So it's streamed on, on Twitch and this will go yeah. on YouTube when it was on YouTube. Uh, that's, that's more like a rant. I, honestly, I'm bad at this stuff. So, <laughs> so it goes up, it goes up. Uh, sometimes they, three of them go up at once and sometimes right. it, but like within, you know, within the month, it should right. be up. And uh, as for this podcast, it's usually like a two week buffer. But since you are live campaign, um, I might try and get it out quicker. Yeah. Just so everyone listening knows, uh, you know, yeah, we all get also, burnout. <laughs> yes. yes yeah. Know. Do you ever get burnout? That's a good question. All the time. Okay. All the how time. do you how do you fight it? Um. Well, first uh, of all, if uh, can I ask, do you make money from the podcasting? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. Not okay. Yet. No, that's that's the eventual goal. Um, okay. If I never left it, I would have been monetized by now. But I uh, I left it ten years ago, and I you know coming back is a, is a struggle. But not yet. Um, right now, everything is just an investment. Okay. Know, for, for the long game. Um, but uh, how I deal with burnout is um, I'll go and I will uh, play with the dogs in the yard. Um, I'll go for a walk with my wife. I will just break away from it. Um, uh, or uh, it, one thing that helps me is naps. Yeah. Take a, take a 30 <laughs> minute nap. You know, you take a 30 minute yeah. and, and actually, you know, you're refreshed or yeah. at midnight, at midnight, like right now I'm watching um, uh, Pennysworth um, on, okay. um, on HBO that. Max. Yeah. It's about uh, Alfred, you know, Batman's. Yeah, Alfred. yeah, yeah. How is oh. that? It's really good. Oh, it's cool. Really good. Okay. Yeah, so I watch, I watch a portion of an episode every night because by the time I'm done, I go down at 11 o'clock, I put it on 30 minutes in, I'm, you know, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. so, but um, it's really good. You need to see it. It's good. Okay. Okay. I'll check it out. Thank you. Thank I just you fell asleep yeah. during a uh, venom. There will oh, be the, carnage, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't finished it, but, <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't long into it. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I the Snyder it. Cut felt like an eight-episode arc of a, a TV show for me because I, that's how, you know, it took me like eight times to finish that. Wow, yeah. That's, yeah. How, it, that's how it took me to uh, Cruella. Cruella, yes. yeah. It took okay. Because that was a long... Yeah. I was like, wow, does this thing... It's beautifully <laughs> done. I mean, that they... they cinematography the, the set design the clothing was fantastic but i was like man this goes on <laughs> yeah totally they're making them longer so that you'll Gosh. stay in the theater but they have like 30 minutes of uh like previews before the movie starts so you're like there for four or five hours <laughs> yeah, you need two bucks of popcorn. <laughs> yeah and three babysitters you know <laughs> man uh samuel thank you for thank coming you on our show thank yeah. you so much good luck with your campaign uh find it on kickstarter everyone yeah links are in the description yeah awesome thank you cool. thanks. thanks bye bye hey keegan hey have you, read, have you read any comics lately yes i read the badass ballad of xander chrome the coolest man on earth and probably the universe too. That's amazing. I read it as well. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Wow. I thought I had the only copy. I guess you didn't. I guess we're both very lucky. Yes. Since it uh, looks like it was written on a uh, social studies book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, I assume that I had the only copy, uh, even though it's a PDF. Uh, Uh, good stuff good stuff so what is um the badass xander chrome up to 
Uh, uh oh. So I answered the question. So I have to answer the questions. Uh, he's just a he's a kind of a dirty looking guy who um has has a like robot girlfriend who um he what, what's his hairdo and everything? Well, he's got a mullet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just looks stash. like. He looks like a terrible person that I wouldn't want to run it, you know, that I wouldn't want to hang out with. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Tell us about the story, Eric. This is your thing. Okay. I, I asked the questions. I don't know. Okay. So the story <laughs> is it stars badass Xander Chrome, who seems to be like a guardian of earth. You're so good um, at this, by the way. I'm just saying. He has, so like, who fights bad guys and all this stuff too, but in the, and he does have a robot girlfriend. But in this case, aliens invade, and he's double crossed by his robot girlfriend, who used the sperm that he was, you know, used from sex, and was able to create a son slash clone of him to fight and defeat him. And so it's the story of him coming back to be the badass that he is and should be to kick the ass of not only his cheating of his evil ex-robot girlfriend but also um but also like his his clone dna son slash aliens cool um the plot is very much uh reminiscent of um a regular show um the uh kung fu guy of death who teaches like different moves but every single move ends with of death like the hip thrust of death the like punch of death stuff like that yeah it's kind of like over the top mm-hmm. over the top 80s humor it's kind yeah. of like 80s like actions and then like using like modern day humor right to make fun of that. i mean he has short shorts and a in a tank top he's supposed to be reminiscent of 80s like clothing yeah. style right right he's got the mullet he's got like that like just like punch kill guy in one hit stuff like that yeah okay uh what about the artwork um the artwork is uh like very much something you would expect from like an eighth grader but done well like it's just really like it's consistent it's done well it's simple but again it's kind of like the idea that this was an eighth grader just drawing in his notebook to kill some time um so it's simple it's not like not like crazy detailed crazy bag like crazy anything but it's just kind of like fun and funny and to the point it's again reminiscent of like uh like if you took um rick and morty and just like took a screenshot of like their stuff not an animation of it yeah i mean it's it's done with a unlike rick and morty which is digital this is yeah. done like clearly with a pen this is done clearly with a pen yeah. Uh, maybe a marker at some point, but, but there's yeah, there's no color. It's black and no white. color. It's black and white. There's because uh, well, coloring and inking are a separate stuff like that. Yeah, not quite like just regular ballpoint pen. It looks like it's like an artist pen, but mm-hmm. it's all it's all same for the most part. Same uh, same weights of the lines, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it still looks like it was a doodle in a notebook. Because it it's not like he used a bunch of different like artist markers on this. It's and unless he was like inking it, which there is some minimal inking, yeah. Which which does make it cross into Comicville mm-hmm. versus just like random sketches. Well, in the what's mark. also interesting though too though is like certain parts like you clearly see like he colored in with his pen, but other parts he would color in with his marker, which I always thought right. was interesting as well. Yeah, and like the hair is always the pen. Yeah. I think you know, like the the marker is used for like to make things look a little bit more like a comic book. Yeah. To be, you know. Well, like at one point he does a guy with a suit and tie, yeah. and that guy's what? Yeah, I just. And that's yeah. done with marker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's supposed to be the um, wrestler uh, from the former Minnesota governor. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because he says it's thing. Lou Gassett Jr. Luke Gassett Jesse, Jr. yeah. He's supposed to be Jesse Ventura, I believe. Oh. That's what I, I think it's supposed to be Jesse Ventura or based on Jesse Ventura. I mean, he says Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah. So I think it's Lou Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. 
who is an American actor best known as his role as Gurney Sergeant Emil Foley in Officer and the Gentleman. I guess. I don't know. I never saw that. <laughs> did you ever see that movie? I've never I seen did that see that movie. movie. It was a good movie. But Lou Gussett Jr. is a black guy, though. Yeah, I know. So maybe that's an issue that we yeah. can. Uh, maybe this is a black guy. Mm, maybe. I, I, I don't think so. You, it definitely looks like uh, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, he, he got he got the he Lucy Gossett Jr. got the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for Officer and Gentleman. I mean, he does have a mustache. He looks like Jesse Ventura. I mean, he does, but I'm I, in defense of like if this is Lou Gossett Jr., mm-hmm. at least the at least the mustache is consistent. The rest of it does not look like him. Where do you get Lou Gossett Jr.? I didn't see that at all. Literally, he's the guy enters the, the, the panel. He says, what's all this be? And the... I think that's supposed to be a joke. Chrome Lou says, Jr. Lou Gossett Jr.? Yeah, I, don't, I think that's the joke. I don't think he's serious about that. I think he's like being an idiot. So they're like making fun of him. Are you sure? Yes. Lou Gossett Jr. is a black guy with lots of hair. I know he is. No, I, I understand. He has lots of hair, I guess. Or not really. Okay, he no, does kind of look like he does kind of look like him in like like in 1987, but like he doesn't. No, I don't. It could be him. But <laughs> all I'm see. saying is it could be it could just that's be a mix. Jesse up. Ventura. That's Jesse Ventura. That is definitely Jesse Ventura. Without like, it looks like Jesse Ventura. I'm just saying. Okay. No. It. All right. We're we're gonna leave it at. It looks like Jesse Ventura. But it could be Lou Gossett Jr. because that's what the artist kind of says here. Yeah, we we'll have to talk to the artist about it. Maybe he, he he drew that in pen before he could uh, change the. <laughs> ah, crap. Oh, I'm doing now. Uh, okay, there's no color. There's uh, uh, what else do we cover? We cover like the writing, the inking, or like the words. Oh yeah, the yeah sure. What about um, the lettering? The lettering, I. So the lettering actually was something that actually kind of got to me at certain points. So I had trouble reading some of the things because it's handwritten. Yeah. Uh, so like sometimes I'd have to like go back through and try to reread it because I didn't understand how he like what he was saying. So for example, um, now go forth and save Earth babes, Earth babes. Like I didn't realize that was like it took me like twice to read it through to realize that was a G. Because it looks like now 34th. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, talking so, about yeah, the, the thing about this is like there is no caps for the yeah. for the speech bubbles mm-hmm. are not in caps. They're in lowercase. And yeah. it's in lowercase of this guy's personal handwriting. Not yeah. like not like his his cleanest yeah. handwriting. It's like, no, this is like as he's drawing this, he's writing as fast as he can. Yeah. Uh, and your your handwriting's worse, Eric, but um yeah, but this so is still pretty bad. It's not this the is best. like yeah, yeah, there's something like it's not the best. Like he definitely like I wish somebody typed what he was saying almost, but he's he's hand drawn. But other than that, it's still good. I mean, like it's still fine, but like even like like when he writes he, like he writes cut, 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 like the C at one point starts changing. Yeah, I mean that's I don't care about that. It's hand done. If I were to draw a comic, my lettering wouldn't look much different. No. Except I probably would have used all caps because that kind yeah. of forces you to not suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, um, other than that, like the the actual like pow, onomatopoeias and stuff are mm-hmm. are done really well. Like mm-hmm. like a standard comic book with the capitalized and you know. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of towing the line between like a professional comic guy kind of knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. trying to look like he doesn't like, yeah, you know, and that like, comes at the it's end like somebody, even. Yeah. It's somebody pretending to not know what they're doing while doing a good, while doing a good job. So it's right. Like- exactly. Yeah. Um, and at the end, uh, this whole thing is like supposed to be, this is the je ne sais quoi, uh, mm-hmm. for me. 
this whole thing is supposed to look like it was drawn over in a like social studies notebook and the the author of the comic is an eighth grader like an eighth yeah is like a mysterious artist that hasn't been seen since 87 um and this book was found in the thrift store so so that part actually kind of made this really fun and and interesting too you know just like a nice like add-on um yeah what's the je ne sais quoi for you um it's just really fun and funny is like what it is like it's a genuinely like like if you could turn a pot like if i could like you have popcorn while eating and someone's scrolling down this at the same time it would have been perfect like it's just like kind of like a popcorn fun funny thing like it was funny i enjoyed it it was stupid it was silly it was everything you kind of wanted just in like a good just quick nice easy read okay uh so on the scale between having a a sex robot uh who gets stuck mid mid you know like this is like one of those thrust. sex robots that looks like uh it can change forms into like any he or she that you want it's like top of the line you you spent your life savings on this thing uh you know um or it was uh given to you uh from a an uncle who passed you know passed down through the family over the ages anyway this thing is is good it's the top thing uh but it gets stuck midway through and uh it's extremely painful so on a a scale between that and having a flying car what would you give this comic i would give this um a hummer uh <laughs> it's, your, oh, no. it's a nice car it's all it's like uh, it looks cool but it's not perfect. It's a gas guzzler, stuff like that. Yeah. Girls but like it, it though, it, so yeah, it, I guess. So. Girls like it though. It would survive like if you got hit by a rocket launcher, you'd survive that and still look awesome somehow. Yeah, cool. So while not perfect, still cool. And it kind of gets the message apart across. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Okay. So uh on a scale of always having to have a mullet on half your head like the other half is bald one half is a mullet <laughs> okay that's the low end uh to um being the coolest guy in whatever room you enter just automatically you just enter you're just like holy shit it's keegan shiner so cool all right so i'm like uh what i'm like seth rogan or something yeah <laughs> Seth Rogen isn't cool though. He's just kind of mellow. Seth Rogen's I thought mellow. he was. I thought he was cool. No, he's mellow. He's not cool. Like, the Fonz is cool. The Fonz is cool. No, the yeah. Fonz is like dead. He's he's, he's like 90 dead. years old now. But he was cool, is the point. I don't know anything about the Fonz. I've never I'm too young. He's cool. He all right. He was an old guy who hang, hung out with like young high schoolers. No, <laughs> he wasn't cool about the Fonz. <laughs> That's as much as I know about Happy Days. No, he wasn't. He wasn't old. He was like actually a high school student. Is there anyone that's actually cool that we could mention? Henry the Fonz is cool. I don't think okay. he's definitely not cool anymore. Okay, fine. How about? Hide, no, because the actor plays him as a horrible person. I was saying hide <laughs> from that seventy show, but he's oh no 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 he's yeah. he's majorly canceled. He's a scumbag. Yeah, that's why I want to stick with the Fonz because the Fonz, like, because the actor that plays him, Henry Rizzer, is supposed to be like a notoriously like good human being. Like he even like helped like write books to like inspire children to be better people. And then how about, how about I, I'll go with Alan Alda. I, I feel like everyone agrees that he's pretty cool. He's Alan Aldo. He he's like uh Pierce from MASH. I don't know if he's cool, but I'll well, I'll st we'll go with that. Fine. Alan Aldo's fine. A whole generation thought he was pretty cool. I'm just gonna throw I'm that out there. I'm sticking with the fonts. No, no, no. <laughs> the fonts jumped over a shark, Keegan. Have you jumped <laughs> over a shark? No. <laughs> No, that's their problem. The Fonz has. That's how you know he's cool. And everyone agreed that's when TV died. No, that's when the show went. That's when the show should have ended at that point. 
That's when that's when TV became next, bad. Next, like, like, next, yeah, the next that became a legacy. Of, like when like next thing you know, a TV show should end when he jumps a shark, and you know, right. a movie series should end when it nukes the fridge. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I would have to give this comment comic uh, the Fonz, someone who used to be cool, but is no longer that cool. But it is like uh, still a really nice guy that has uh, a nice legacy still. Probably is pretty old. Um, so you wouldn't want to hang out with him really because he's probably just sitting around eating applesauce. <laughs> I would love to hang out with the font, especially uh, if he was. Like, I don't understand you and your. Why, why is this even a reference? Because <laughs> he's a cool dude. Okay, somebody who's not that cool, but is still like fun to hang out with. Okay, That's we'll what this comic way. is. <laughs> Which apparently is Seth Rogen to you, I guess. <laughs> I think Seth Rogen's a nice dude. He's a mellow dude, but I don't think he's a cool dude, is what I mean. I think like uh, he's making all those ceramics. He's like, he spoke in front of Congress to like talk about uh, issues with mm-hmm. uh, trafficking. I think it was. Uh, that's probably wrong. And he, uh, you know, he he smokes lots of pot and has never been arrested for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's cool. Like uh, usually, you know, you're you're. He pays his taxes. He cut off all communication with James Franco. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, because James Franco is supposed to be a terrible human being, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, I mean, like, so for example, the Fonz, Henry Relinker, he was supposed, he was, in, he stars right now currently in the TV show Barry, which is a fantastic TV show, and his character is originally supposed to be a bad guy, but because Henry Relinker is such a nice dude, Henry Winkler is the Fonz. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. You didn't say Henry Winkler. Yeah, you didn't know Henry Winkler was the Fonz. He was the Fonz. Yeah, Fonzie. Ah, okay. So yeah, the Fonz, I take it back. The Fonz is cool. Yeah. He's still cool. Yeah, you're He's right. still cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like his character, like they actually wrote his character to be a bad guy. And then he came in the act and he's like, All right, we gotta rewrite you. Like, what do you mean? He's like, You're a good guy now. He's like, Where where are you? He's like, Yeah, it's like, Yeah, we're gonna make you a bad person, but you're such a nice person, we can't make you bad. That's so funny. Uh Henry Winkler. Yeah, I mean, he's okay, he's good. I'm going to leave it at that. Yep. I think he's a very nice person, Henry Winkler. We'll just leave, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, this has been an episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that. know what? Uh, let's thank, let's thank Paul Court John for sending that comic over. Yeah, you it was can, very nice of him to discover Henry Fletcher's or Hetcher Flank's work. You got to find it at P Court John Comics with an X dot gumroad dot com. Wow, that's hard to find. So uh, find it at P-K-O-R-T-J-O-H-N, comics with an X, on Instagram. And then he's got like a link to his Gumroad. The comic, again, was called, what was it? Xander Chrome. The The Badass badass ballad. Ballad of Xander Chrome, the coolest man on earth and probably the universe. Yeah. So once again, artist's name is Paul Courtjohn with a K. Okay. All right. Uh, Very good. Well, this has been fun. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.